Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Local Government. I am delighted today to have Lucy Ponder on. Lucy is our HR advisory lead and has an immense uh, amount of experience around EVPs. Now, if you sat at home thinking, what is an EVP? We're going to talk about that in a lot of detail uh, shortly. But f- firstly, Lucy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really well. I'm really well. I'm uh, mourning the end of summer, but uh, apart from that, all fine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm investing in some wellies because, my God, <laughs> it is raining like cats and dogs up here in Newcastle today. Um, but let's let's start then. So what is an EVP? So EVP stands for Employer Value Proposition, um, which I think is a, an incredibly overused acronym with not a lot of people understanding 100 percent what it means, because it can be quite uh, intangible. It can be quite daunting, but it's essentially um, defining the essence of your company. How is your company unique? How is it different? And what do you stand for? So I can imagine that's massively important in a candidate short market to have a very clear and marketable value proposition that you can take to market. Just for those at home, when you talk about this proposition, is it a document? Is it a culture? Like what, What is it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's probably an amalgamation of everything. So often companies will refer to their employer brand we perceive employer brand to be fairly intangible. That's the individual's perception. It might be your current uh, employees or or future employees that are candidates at the moment, perceiving your company through a very personal lens. When it comes to EVP or employer, employer value proposition, there are some real tangible changes and, and that might be documents, but that might be things like your ESG strategy or the DEI journey that your company is on, um, the hybrid working policies or your parental leave policies or, or actually any HR policies that your company has in place, um, your the, the leadership and authenticity of that leadership and how regularly they're seen and, and to be visible, um, the CSR that you do um, and how your company contributes back into the community. Um, so lots of, you might ban them as slightly fluffier things, but actually, all of those micro um, micro points feed into this idea of culture. Um, and then you get to a point of writing down things like values and your USP, uh, maybe your logo or whatever, whatever that might be. Actually, you start to build a very tangible picture of culture and of EVP. That's fascinating. And I, I guess COVID for a lot of people caused a lot of reflection. And uh, not not just, you know, what am I doing with my life, but also, you know, is the organisation I'm working with aligned to the moral values that I have? Um, when you're doing these EPVs, because they sorry, EVPs, is there an area in particular where there's a lot of work needs to be done to kind of get the EVP to where the client would like it to be? 
Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, we are working with a lot more clients around the design of their EVP. So, so most clients will have an idea of their the, how they want their culture to be perceived by, as I said, both external but already existing employees. Um, they might have an idea of their brand identity or, you know, a list of values that they really stand for. Um, taking candidates away from this transactional mindset of, um, OK, well, I'm going to leave if. You know, you really have to start investing into why people are going to stay. Um, there have been so many surveys done this year, but but Paige produced one um, and it really focused on salary is still number one. People will still move and leave and stay predominantly around salary. And when I say salary, I mean total total package. So those financial benefits as well. But then very closely second and third, you've got things like policies, as I've mentioned. So hybrid working, flexible working policies. Um, you mentioned the pandemic. Um, not many businesses truly believe that they can go back to a pre-pandemic way of working, whether or not that is through their hybrid working policies or uh, you know their attitude towards recruitment. Um, and then you've got things like culture. And that's where a strong EVP design really falls into really what is your company standing for? And it's um, I mean, let's be honest, it's used as a retention tool, an attraction and retention tool. It's it's fundamentally so important to a recruitment strategy because you've got to stand out away from employer branding. You've got to show I mentioned authenticity and leadership, but you've got to show authenticity in culture and identity um, and moving that sort of slightly more intangible perception of how uh, someone sees your company into really who are we? What are we standing for? Um, and, and are we actually who we are saying we are? You know, what does the website say versus what what do you get when you walk through the door? So absolutely, the, the pandemic has totally shifted um, the phrase war for talent is incredibly overused but I think it hasn't gone away you know we went through the great resignation we went through quiet quitting there's a dozen more um, of these kind of titles around talent over the last three years but fundamentally your best talent is still incredibly valuable even more so now because of this transactional mindset of if it's just not working for me I'm going to leave um, so as a retention tool it, it can't be undervalued, I don't think. It's so important. And I guess, you know, because one of the things, Lucy's not a local government expert, but she is an <laughs> HR expert. And we've had a lot of conversations over the last year around how this will be impacting local government. And I think particularly whether it's local government or whether it's any employer that hasn't got the ability to have um, uh, salaries outside of market norms. It is so important to have a very strong culture because it does allow you, as you said there, to stand out and to attract people. And whilst, yeah, absolutely, salary is the main driver for kind of uh, moving or, or staying within a role. If somebody can see an organisation that mirrors their themselves, it offers you the ability to, to tempt people away or to at least explore it, you know, and that kind of talent pooling. You know, for those uh, clients out there, our local government clients, um, Lucy, that, you know, maybe sat there with a retention issue. Um, is it a, how long does it take to do an EPV, you know, proposition? Is it is it is it, is it a day? Is it a week? Is it, a, you know, how long does it take? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it is a mouthful, EVP. Um, sorry, sorry. No, it uh, is. It's like it Joey is, and Friends. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, how long does it take? It's not a day. Um 
you, we would expect, depending on the size of the organisation, um, we would expect one of these programmes to last a minimum of, of eight weeks. So you've really got to get into the deep dive of design um, and discovery, or discovery then design. Um, and I think the emphasis there is on discovery. There has to be a huge amount of diagnostic. Um, lots of companies uh, have run salary, uh, have run surveys, sorry, post pandemic, just because the shift in talent mindset has become so fundamental. Lots of employers now are far more aware that they need to know their people better. Um, perhaps those people haven't had enough of a voice. Maybe those employer employee resource groups have only been set up post pandemic or, or whatever it might be. So that diagnostic phase of really understanding, well, how do people think of us internally? You know, what is the satisfaction level? Um, you've then got hard data around uh, attraction or recruitment time and cost. How long is it taking to fill these roles? Um, and then you've got um, data around retention. What's our turnover? Um, and are you getting feedback at exit through uh, feedback um, surveys or exit interviews, that kind of thing? So it's not an overnight process. It, it's not a let's come in, bam, culture fixed. Um, there is there is a, a programme to go through. And, you know, I think it would be realistic to say you're not going to see benefits overnight either. Um, really, if you're going to invest in a proper redesign or perhaps this is the start of the design of your EVP, it's going to be six months before you really see that change coming in. But it should be long term change. Um, the way that we work and, and lots of organisations work is to make this a sustainable change. Let's make sure that the design of your of your value proposition, what you meet, what what you mean to your people, sorry, um, and what they're getting back in return for their experience and trade and excellence, it has to be sustainable. So it lasts for the people you've got now, but it, it, it ensures that you can attract people for years to come. That's it. You're still, it's not a magic recipe for not having any, um, you know, people leaving the organisation, but it means that if they're leaving the organisation, it's not for your culture. You know, it's it's not for your value uh, value proposition that, that that you have. I mean, Lucy, you're so passionate, and you know, and I've always been very impressed by the way in which you come across and uh, come across. And you're not a local government expert, but all of the the kind of chief execs and, and and HR services that we've spoken to have been very impressed by the value proposition. You know, your personal currency. How did you get into this? Like, what what's your background? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I've been with Paige for over eleven years, um, and although. You know, we're a recruitment firm. Um, I've actually only did a small um, a small time in recruitment. The majority of my career has been in account management. So looking at, at the wider holistic picture of the clients that we work with, um, I spent some time with our offices in Southeast Asia. Um, but the predominant uh, time of my career has been spent um, living in London, but working nationally. Um, and I moved over to our consulting arm uh, last year um, when we started it because we recognise that clients are definitely still you know, buying talent um, from agencies in the market. That hasn't slowed down, but the need for additional services post-pandemic is massive. And if we can support clients across their technology and transformation and their HR journey, as well as providing talent through high train deploy, we're, we're much the better off for it. So I am passionate about it. And, and EVP is something that, um, as I said at the beginning, I think is often seen as this really sort of enigma, intangible, really what's a culture? You know, we can't just write it down on a piece of paper. It has to be created. But there are so many points that you can contribute into your company's culture and identity that shouldn't be overlooked. 
And you touched on salary there. Let's not underestimate the partnership that EVP and culture goes hand in hand with correct remuneration. So have you benchmarked externally? Are you paying market rate? Do you know where you are in that lower, median and upper quartile range of external salaries, both um, base salary, but also financial benefits as well? Because, you know, we can bleat on about culture as much as we want. Salary and financial incentives are still number one for candidates and for, for current employees. Um, most businesses have applied a cost of living increase, be that percentage or um, one-off bonus. Um, but people are still feeling that need for um, correct and fair and equitable salaries. So um, it has to go hand in hand. You, you can't have one without the other. Um, and I, I would say to any company that is looking to improve or even design an EVP from scratch, um, really understanding your people and what people want, what people are saying is is the best way to start because it can it can truly seem quite um daunting. How do you find out what people are truly thinking? <laughs> so um a lot of companies, as I said, have really adopted a survey culture post-pandemic. I think that's the shift in going uh, to a virtual model. You know, it's far easier just to get someone to fill in a form online um, and you start seeing that. Now, you then bleed into uh, an environment talking about psychological safety and really how much people are willing to share, even anonymously, um, on, on an online survey. So that that's still number one. You do see, and we have seen the rise of ERGs, so employee resource groups, those in-house communities um, and they might be through a diversity lens you know so you're, you're seeing communities of different race or gender um, or different underrepresented communities um, and they're a, an amazing focus group to go to and really understand and you've then ultimately got hard data you know how long is it taking you to hire positions that are even e- even seen in the market as hard to fill you know, is that exceeding market average and and understanding how many people are leaving and at what point in their career? And then you can get into the granular about the specificities of the type of person that's leaving. So I think it's it's a mixture. Um, all companies will have some type of feedback and data. It's never clean. It's never a pretty Excel that you can just go, well, evidence says this. Um, it has to be gathered from multiple sources including interviews. You know, we see a hugely important part of any diagnostic phase as as interviewing the SRT, the the senior leadership team, and really getting under the bones of of a company where they are, what people are saying, and where they want to be and how they want to get there. In terms of bringing this back to um, to local government, and I I guess it's, it's the why right now EVPs we've seen I mean in our day jobs myself and Lucy a significant increase in the the market coming to us and saying can you please tender for this opportunity to do an EVP for us and I guess we have to ask ourselves why is that we're in a situation at the moment whereby councils are facing uh, I would I don't think it's dramatic an existential crisis in terms of we cannot continue to provide the services we have with the current financial model that we we operate on and therefore, we have to think to ourselves, well, what statutory responsibilities are we going to deliver with that? And how do we retain our staff to deliver those services when in the, in the, in the face of truly difficult financial situations? And I think that's the one thing. It's almost, in, in, in my opinion, having listened to experts like Lucy talk, an EVP is the equivalent of a life jacket for an organisation. <laughs> yeah. Because, you're, you know, a lot of these organisations are sinking or are experiencing through maybe if it's rapids they're going through. And it's this almost this very uh, intensive energy sapping 
you know, swimming really hard against the tide. But you've got if you've got this EVP, you know, as an organization, what you stand for. When you hire new employees, they know what they're signing in for. And that consistency of brand from advert to interview to starting to staying after that six month period. It's absolutely critical. I mean, myself on the interim side, as you'll notice, is I, I work and, and play senior interims or interims across local government. But you'd be amazed how many interims walk out of contracts after a month because they go, the value proposition of this organisation does not mirror what was told to me at interview. And that's even more so important for for permanent positions. And so I think we're going to see more of this. And I think it's important that councils, particularly councils that are going through change and transformations, councils that have issued Section 114 notices or councils that have the commissioners in, councils that are going into unitary, um, or councils fundamentally that are trying to transform their services to be able to deliver more for the community they serve. And that's why this is so important. And it sounds fluffy and it sounds like something that would be nice to do if we could ever get around to it. But it is so critical. And I cannot get it. I cannot stress that enough. The critical importance of getting this right and the critical importance of making sure that your senior leadership team across local government understands the importance of them knowing what their culture is and ensuring that it is replicated, not just by the chief exec, not just by that first tier of directorship, not even the heads of, but every person in that organization pulls together. And it, the, organ, the EVP is only as strong as its weakest link. So everyone has to buy into this. And so Lucy can come into an organization and her and her team can provide this very, very efficient, cost effective solution so that everybody understands their EVP. But it's only as powerful as the buy into it. And that's the reality of it. So, you know, I think it's absolutely crucial, crucial feature that if any organization hasn't got one or isn't happy with their one or are losing staff or have an overutilization of interim resource, do you think to yourselves, is our EP? EVP, my God, that is a tongue-tying conundrum, <laughs> is the EVP where it needs to be? Uh, I just, you know, I, I, there's a lot of sales out there with services to local government because it's a stable revenue base for a lot of private organisations. But when I when I talk to Lucy about this particular uh, product and, and its particular significance in local government, it is absolutely critical. Um, so, Lucy, how does somebody get in t- contact with you if they're interested in having a further conversation on this? Yeah, absolutely. So all the all the standard routes. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. My name's Lucy Ponder. Um, do reach out. Uh, I can give you my my number, Matt, um, and my email address for, for people to contact you. But yeah, do do reach out. I think Matt's absolutely nailed it. It does seem intangible, and it does seem daunting, and it does seem expensive and and time consuming. And I don't think it has to be any of the above. I think it can be um, efficient and cost effective and the ROI that you see on the upfront investment will come back to you, not overnight, but relatively quickly. Um, the, the last point I wanted to touch on, um, and you, you alluded to it there, Matt, but is around the communication. So I um, emphasise the need for a, a deep diagnostic phase when you're going through any EVP design um, and then the delivery of that. What's um, What's almost more important is the communication afterwards. So, I mean, Matt and I have worked for for a large organisation for a very long time, and I don't think either you or I could really tell anyone the list of benefits that Page offers, as an example. You know, we we might know the ones that we sign up for, um, but most organisations have have a huge list. And because um, they're not necessarily well communicated, we don't take full advantage of them. And I think the same could be said for policies, you know, parental leave policies or or sickness leave policies. Um, 
I think the need and the emphasis needs to very much be placed on how you communicate this to your teams. Really, how do you get it into the lifeblood of your organisation? Because as you said, you can have senior leadership sign off on this, you can have your heads of department or your managers, but until this is really felt by an organisation, it won't go externally. You can write it in your job descriptions and you can have a nice line that says, this is what we stand for, or this is our culture, but it really needs to, to, to shine through. And inauthentic EVP, I just think probably makes it worse. So, so getting your comms right is, is just as important. I'm going to ask you to follow that up with a, a question around communication. So what would be your tips to an organisation if they had taken on your services, you've created an EVP that you're feeling really matches that organisation, the staff buy into it, the senior team, but how do you communicate it to kind of to future proof that EVP for that organisation? Yeah, it's a really good question and uh, not to not to avoid the question, but I think it is quite company dependent, um, you know, as part of any consultancy um, communication or, or delivery or a marketing campaign will be brought into that. So you'd almost have a, a three phase approach. You'd have diagnostic or, or uh, discovery, you'd have design and you'd then have a communication or implementation. So that should be um put into any consultancy programme that uh, that one of your clients is buying. Um, but it's going to be through uh, a partnership with your marketing department, with your HR department, with your senior leadership team um, to make sure that all the um, avenues are explored. And, and it will be unique to each company because each company has a different communication platform. For example, you know, um, rely on posters in the hall, some rely much more on a platform online. It, it really depends. Um, and but yeah, it, it will be a partnership of multiple departments. Amazing. And look, for everyone listening out there, because as well as people that don't work for councils, we have a huge uh, population of people that work for town councils, district, unitary, county, even central government. You know, if you do want to get in contact with Lucy, the contact details for her will be uh, in the details section of this podcast. Um, but Lucy, thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. Um, so thank you for taking the time to speak to, with myself and and featuring on the, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast, and we've been exploring the employer value value proposition, EVP, if you can get that out of your mouth. Um, if you're interested in any of the topics today, please get in contact with myself or with Lucy. Equally, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, give it a like, give it a share. And um, I look forward to bringing you more topics this week. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Remember, your local council does some amazing work, but you can help. So remember to vote and be engaged with the work they're doing. If you like this podcast, please like, share and give a five-star review. If you would like to feature on the podcast, have any shout-out of excellent work being done by a local authority, or have any topics you would like covered, please email me at truthaboutlocalgovernment at gmail.com truth about local government. Local government is at the heart of what we do.